Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast, where you can listen back to and catch up on all our latest interviews. And today's guest, Beartooth frontman Caleb Shomo. The brand new album below is just a few days away at the time of recording. It's out June 25th via Red Bull Records, includes those singles Devastation, The Past is Dead, and Fed Up. Beartooth are also our current cover stars for Rock Sound. You can pick up that magazine alongside some exclusive merch items right now over at Shomo. In this conversation, you hear us chat a little bit about going out on the road and capturing that live energy while Caleb was writing these new songs, the dark themes within the lyrics and how it matches with that energy, what he learned from working on the previous record Disease, and some future plans, not just live shows. He's already hard at work developing what is going to come next for the follow-up record. It's a really, really interesting conversation, so let's just get right to it, shall we? Here he is, talking all things about the brand new album Below. From Beartooth, this is Caleb Shoma. You, man oh i'm great man just uh you know just chilling at home changing yeah. it up doing something <laughs> new today that's what you've got to keep doing during the year you've got to find the little moments where you can change it up ever so slightly right yeah you know absolutely man <laughs> yeah oh good man okay well we've started these off kind of in the same way to say you know i hope you your loved ones bandmates all that all staying safe staying as healthy as you can throughout uh, the madness of the last 12 months or so but and uh, just kind of generally man outside before we get onto music how have you you've been kind of getting on at home i imagine it's it's again like so many people we've spoken to bear to such a hard touring band normally it's got to be quite surreal in a way to suddenly have this extended time at home with the family yeah it's been very bizarre to say the least uh you know yeah you're very right we're usually on the road all the time um i mean usually like a month off two months off for us is pretty crazy and to be you know our last tour finished in march of 2020 so uh yeah it's gonna be i mean a year and a half off for us which is insane but uh yeah you know just trying to make the most of it get ready to come back absolutely swinging and uh put on one crazy tour you know yeah, it's exciting, man. Well, definitely come live stuff. I mean, I mean, the album is kind of imminent at the time we're recording here uh, uh, below. Is on the way. And, you know, speaking of the live stuff, I remember one of the last times we talked to you was backstage around those UK shows and everything. And you had your whole setup there. You even showed it off a little bit. You were working on demos and things at that time, on the road, picking up ideas. Now yeah. we've got the final record there. How much of what you were working on on the road there actually made it into the final product in the end? Or was it, is that pretty much it? Um... I mean, almost every song I worked on on the road made the album. That's uh, awesome. That's yeah. Really cool. You know, I was only working on the music. I wasn't doing vocals because I had to save my voice for the show. So I left the vocals for home. But musically, yeah, I think all but maybe two songs I wrote on the road didn't make it. Um, pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good, though, because it definitely captures a lot of that kind of live energy. I know that's something you said about we should say you're on the cover of Roxanne right now. And uh, and some of the stuff you're saying about the article really trying to capture that live energy in the record. I imagine that has got to be a lot easier when you're going out, you're playing these huge shows and then it's like, right, get this idea down on the page. Exactly, dude. It, it, and it made for, I mean, I think a real wild, like, stark contrast with kind of the music and the lyrics of this album, because musically, yeah, it was all based around live shows. You know, this is out. We're on our biggest headline tour we've ever done. Uh, just good vibes, good energy, playing great shows every night. 
And, you know, then I wake up, get in the venue and take that energy and put it into a song. And, you know, the music I'm writing, the whole mentality is how will this work live? You know, is that's the thought process is if I write a part, is it going to go off? Is it going to be chill? Like, how is it going to work? The whole thing was around the live show. And then obviously, you know, that changed drastically uh, about two weeks later. So um, after I'd written all this music, you know, that was based around the live show, I had, you know, like nine months to write <laughs> lyrics and to kind of like finish up all the music and make it a cohesive record. So you get this, you know, crazy high energy music with incredibly dark lyrics that are not exactly the most like hopeful thing in the world. But um, yeah, you know, it made for a very kind of once in a lifetime interesting album for me, for sure. Well, I think that's the, the crucial thing there is the, you know, I mean, I mean, you've been very, very open about how you, you channel things you're struggling with into your art. You're far from alone in that. Loads of musicians do that, particularly lyrically. It's a way of getting getting the shit out there. And that's a very, very good, healthy way to treat that. And, you know, you've been very open about mental health struggles and things like that in the past with this. What I like about what you've done here, yes, it's it touches on some tough subjects lyrically, and that's absolutely fine. It by no means falls into the shape of a pandemic record, though. That's got to have been kind of a delicate balance in a way because everyone's being affected by what's happening in the world. But you don't necessarily want to write something that is, this is the record about the pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Is, was that kind of yeah. a struggle going through your head a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, I think I just decided to try and write lyrics that to me were like, they were a time capsule. They were a, you know, I probably would never have written these lyrics had it not been for the lockdown the pandemic and everything and that is a big part of the record but i think you know i tried to make something that's more of something you can look back on and just be like what a crazy time to be alive that we just went through and uh you know as much as it sucked we all got through it together and let's come out on the other side fucking rocking you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's about making these, I mean, these themes are so universal and everything. It just kind of makes a lot more sense to kind of link it up rather than being like, here's a song about being stuck inside because my God, it's nice. It's nice that you've built it for live because I think that's what everyone's so desperate for, obviously, is mm-hmm. having big songs we can hear in a live room, right? Yes, I am very, very excited to play these. You know, we've started practicing as a band oh, finally, God. which is really, really fun. And they've been incredibly fun to play. Uh, and I'm really curious to see what it's like when we actually get these to a stage, man. How was that practice? Kind of that first, did, you, did it take a while to brush off the cobwebs or were you kind of straight back into it? Um, Surprisingly, right back into it. Right. I mean, I, you know, we've all been working in our own rights and the time off, um, you know, like I have my little mic stand on my mic over there. Like I, I practice, I try and practice, you know, at least five or six times a week. Um, just trying to like keep my voice good, keep my cardio up, um, just kind of like stay in the zone. And then everybody else has just been practicing, trying to get better at their instruments in their own time. And uh, yeah, it was really cool to get together and just, you know, kind of plug in, get everything nice and loud and let it rip for a while. Uh, it, it was very, very surreal and honestly kind of emotional. It, it was wild. 
Oh, I can imagine getting back to doing what you love, man. It's definitely going to be an emotional moment for sure. Especially actually one more thing I do want to say about live. You know, last time we saw you in the UK, like I say, those were big shows, man. Those were big, big shows. And not just your headliners, you're doing support slots with like architects and stuff as well and big arenas too. And it's it's all going down really, really well. What was the takeaway from playing that level of shows, which did step up a gear? You know, how has that fueled what you guys want to do next in terms of the live stage? I mean, it's just pushing us. We, we just want to we just want to make our show bigger and better and honestly we the main thing i think for me and for all of us is that we want to make sure anybody buying a ticket is seriously getting their money's worth uh, especially now you know that's always been a huge priority for us but with everything that's happened you know with the rooms we're going to um you know kind of like the lineups we have for these shows coming up uh we really want to send it as hard as we can. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really give away too much, but we're going, we're, we're going to try and step this thing up to a new level. We're playing louder. We're playing longer. We're playing faster. There's going to be a bunch of real crazy shit on stage. It should be pretty fun. And those are all good things. That's what we like to hear, man. That's what we like to hear as we approach a new tour. Um, in terms of, you know, not just learning from those shows, but I guess learning from the previous record as well, man. I, you know, I talked to you a lot around the last album and it was it was such a kind of pivotal moment for you guys and a very kind of successful transition in a way up to this next level like we're talking about. Um, what were the learnings from the end of that campaign, I suppose, and looking back on the success of that record, how well it went down and thinking, okay, we need to channel that energy into this record or or was it not like that but the things you want to react against to with it i think the main thing that i really decided about this record based on what happened previously is that i need to really trust my gut and trust the music that i love to make uh more than anything else you know i think there are obviously you know as you get bigger it it is very easy to get kind of you know pushed into doing what people think you should be doing which is like you're gaining commercial success you're gaining success at radio you're gaining tickets let's go more commercial let's make a more radio friendly album let's make more songs that can just be generally bigger and you know that that's something that i think happens with any band that gains success and you know that usually leads to a lot of co-writing, a lot of outside producers, like just getting more cooks in the kitchen and just trying to kind of manufacture success. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love co-writing. I love co-producing. I love all of that, working with other people to get the best possible product. But for what I wanted to do with Beartooth, with this record, um, I really had to just kind of decide like, this is what the album's going to be and that's it. You know, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to, you know, if I turn in the record and it's like, there's not enough radio singles or there's not enough fucking whatever. You know what I mean? I, I just kind of had to decide like, this is the album. This is what it's going to be. And this is what it's meant to be. And to me, that was a really intense, really high energy, um, you know, still a, a catchy record, in my opinion. You know, I really tried to work hard to keep the pop sensibility and keep the choruses that people like to sing along to and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, I, I just decided, like, this is going to be a really dark, really heavy record. When 
I feel like it would make a lot of sense for us to try and go a bit more commercial. And, and I think that was kind of like the main thing I learned from making disease, from working in so many different studios with so many different people um, with, you know, gaining success and coming off of like a really good record. Um, it was just one of those trust your gut moments. And honestly, you know, being in the lockdown, I, I kind of was forced to in a way, you know, I couldn't really work with other people the way I normally do. Like I tried to do a Skype session, you know, with one of my writing buddies and it, it just didn't work. We were both afterwards, like, this is just really weird. Like if we're not in the room, like handing guitars back and forth and like getting that energy. So that's not the same. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, I know it's a very long winded answer, but that's kind of like what I think I took from the whole disease record cycle going into this one is, um, yeah, I just really wanted to make a heavy record no matter what it cost and what it meant. And um, I think it was the right choice. Yeah, no, I agree, man. You can see even by the reaction to those early, early uh, singles, like people are really kind of reacting to that heavy sound. And but yeah, like you say, there is a lot of the pop sensibility in those choruses that comes through. I mean, come on, you're you're a renowned ACDC fan, man. You're always going to have something you want to sing along to and chant to in the middle, right? It's, it's, it's a must. It's, it's always a must. Actually, yeah. on that note, shout out to the cover art because I absolutely love it, and it feels very old school to me in terms of that. You're clearly channeling those heroes of your youth a little bit on that. Of course, one. of course, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Got to give him a nod. Um, here's something I want to ask you. I mean, I ask everyone this. It's to the point of cliche now, but I am constantly fascinated by album titles because I just always feel like there's some kind of message in there, even if it's named after tracks on the record, even if it's taken from lyrics, whatever it is, there's always a clear message of intent by what you want to title this album, especially mm -hmm. after this year when it's coming back into the world like this. Below, talk to me. What was the decision making behind that being what sums up this album for you? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like I've done with all my previous albums, um, I just, I don't know why, but I just kind of decided I'm just going to make every album one word that best describes what's going on. And um, I don't know, Below just kind of felt right. Like I, I wrote, you know, the song Below and with the intent of it being the first song on the record, um, not necessarily with the intent of it being the title track, but after it was done and... I don't know. It just worked. It just made sense to me. I was like, this is exactly what this record is going to be about. It's just, you know, honestly, what it turned into was like everything that's buried way deep down that was brought out because of the difficulties of the pandemic and isolation and kind of all the mental struggle that goes in with this really fucking weird year that we had. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like below was the best way to kind of sum it up. No, it definitely works, man. It's, it's it's interesting. I do like the one word title system you've been developing. It's nice. It's succinct. It's like a quite, quite a good theming. Do you think that really is going to be something you'll just keep going on with forever? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I've kind of decided that like, at least like Beartooth is almost kind of done with its first like era of being a band. So I've decided I kind of want to break it out, like break it down into our first, you know, five full lengths with the timing of everything should kind of like define my twenties and then that'll just be kind of its own thing. And then I don't know what'll happen after that. If it means like a bit of a break and kind of hitting reset and reevaluating, or if it means I'm just, you know, keep going full steam and see where it goes. But uh, yeah, as of right now, you know, I kind of have my brain like set already on what the next record is. And that's going to kind of like tie up a lot of loose ends for me. Um, 
and just yeah I, I don't know it's kind of like hard way to put it but yeah i've got like the next record i already have like the concept and the title of it and like this whole thing but yeah the one word titles thing um yeah at least like probably one more record of that and then it might be time for a change that's interesting man. i mean i was gonna ask you you know kind of how far ahead you are thinking in terms of what might come after this record because that is like i've spoken to with everyone you know over the last year everyone who's been at home it's like well may as well make some more new music while i'm at it you know that, that's clearly been the case with you as well right yeah dude i i mean i started i started writing for what's going to be i guess our fifth full length uh I don't know, like over a month ago. <laughs> it's just like, I got nothing else going on. Might as well just get started. Are you finding it's coming out quite quick or is it uh, is it more of a slow beginning process at the minute? Uh, it's, it's very slow right now. Um, you know, without kind of having that like energy of live shows and like being in the environment and everything, um, it, it just comes in very small snippets where it's like I get this burst of creative energy I'll write a couple of riffs and then step away. But yeah, I mean, I'm still so fried from making below that it's a just slowly taking it as it comes. And then once we get on the road, I assume it'll probably pick up steam a little bit. Absolutely, man. Well, we look forward to seeing you on the road when it does come, dude. We're so hopeful that live shows will be back sooner rather than later, because like you said, this is a record built to be played live, man. And it's going to be very, very exciting to see that when it does happen. Uh, in the meantime, Caleb, man, it's just always really nice to catch up with you. Congrats on that record. Uh, it's still on the cover of Rock Sound. People go and read that. It's a really, really great in-depth article in there. And uh, And yeah, we will just see you in the UK when that is allowed, man. Yeah, I cannot wait. I mean, hopefully sooner than later. And yeah, I, I can't wait for these shows. I mean, we're doing some really cool venues and uh, got a lot of really cool stuff planned. So should be wild. Really exciting, dude. All right. Really good to chat to you, man. I appreciate your time as ever. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Caleb for that conversation. As ever, you can watch the video of that chat right now. It's up on the Brock Sound YouTube channel on our video call playlist. Plus, as I mentioned before, Beartooth are currently on the cover of the magazine. Go and pick that up alongside some world-exclusive merch items at Shop. Dot rocksound.tv. Make sure you hit subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast so you don't miss any of our interviews. We're available on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, basically. Loads of amazing guests recently. We've had Mana Skin, Machine Gun Kelly, Mikey Way, Tom DeLong, loads and loads of other great guests. Go and check out all of those as well. We'll be back very soon with a brand new episode. But until then, I've been James Wilson Taylor, and thank you very much for listening to the Rock Sound podcast. <laughs>